you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. As soon as you hear it, the Iron Lady sings it. The Chris Voss Show is officially up on deck. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. We certainly appreciate you guys. As always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives, if you would, please. Give us those five-star reviews over there on iTunes. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Subscribe to the big LinkedIn newsletter the 130,000 LinkedIn group over there, and also uh, Chris Foss 1 on the Tickety Talking and ChrisFossFacebook.com. We have an amazing gentleman we're going to be talking about today who's going to inspire you, motivate you, and help you out. Chris Bradley is joining us on the show today. He is a fitness business mentor specializing in monthly recurring revenue. He even has a tattooed on him, so we're going to find out what that's all about. He's going to be joining us today to talk about what he does and how he does it and all that good stuff. Welcome to the show, Chris. How are you? I'm amazing. I appreciate you having me. I love that intro. That's, that's got me hyped up, that intro. So Yeah, that's what, that's what it does. It gets everybody hopping. It gets yeah. that motivation going. So give us your .com. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, theupgradedcoach.co.uk. You can find me there if you you want to get a bit a bit more in depth after today's talk. Hopefully, I inspire some people to to listen and take action, and then you can check out more information there, which will continue to help you take action and yeah, get inspired. Hopefully, there you go. So, give us a thirty thousand overview of what you do and how you do it. So, I run a company called the Upgraded Coach. We specialize in monthly recurring revenue for personal trainers, online coaches, gym owners, uh, specifically. And yeah, we we help them stack monthly recurring revenue, which is an area that, that gets overlooked in, in this industry. You know, we're in an industry now where sales is, seems to be the priority for a lot of people. And whilst sales is important, I think monthly recurring revenue is the thing that gives you that stability, gives you that predictability in business to make bigger moves. So we, we kind of doubled down on that, specialized on that, and that's what's allowing us to continue to grow our business. We, you know, practice what we preach. We put all of our emphasis on monthly recurring revenue and we teach our coaches, personal trainers to do the exact same. There you go. That monthly recurring revenue really makes a difference in a business model, especially for people who are coaches because, you know, the, the payments just keep coming out of the month and, uh, you know, you can sell a, a package, but, you know, the, keeping the customer long-term is really important. I mean, We've had customers that we've had for 10 plus years because of reoccurring business revenue and relationships and stuff. And, you know, people that are comfortable with you and like doing business with you, they, they kind of enjoy having that sort of relationship that they stay with you. Even if they may not use you all the time, they, they you know, they have access to the systems. So what, tell us a little bit about your hero's journey. What got you down this road and in this business? How did you grow up? How did it shape you? Yeah, so I grew up a very working class uh, home, just my mum that raised me, my two brothers, don't know my dad, so she kind of raised us, gave us, gave us everything she could, kind of sacrificed her life really to bring us up and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pay for our football or other words, soccer, uh, training games and, and stuff like that. So, 
you know, I was kind of growing up very appreciative of what we had. I never felt like I needed anything. Um, mm-hmm. Although looking back, I could kind of tell my mum was stretched and, you know, she would get herself in debt just to have us wearing the latest jacket, the latest trainers to look good in school because it meant a lot to us, obviously. And then just growing up, I had a, a whole mixture of jobs. It was one of those ones I left school with not much, really. I just wanted to play football in school. I just wanted to hang out with mates. Obviously, with my mum being solo and trying to do a million and one things, she never really pushed us to stick at school. Um, mm-hmm. So I left school, kind of unsure what to do. And one of the common things back then was, oh, just be- get an apprenticeship, you know, just become a joiner or a plumber or, a, you know, a mechanic or whatever. But it never excited me. So I just wanted to get a job and get paid money so that, you know, at that age, I just wanted money to be able to go out with my mates and things like that. So I got a job when I was 16 in, in a supermarket. And then like many jobs for a lot of people, you blink and it's five years later and you're still in the same job. You're like, well, mm-hmm. how did that How did that happen? So it was five years later and I was like, right, I really need to actually get a grip. You know, what's, what's next? And I actually tried to I tried to do my personal trainer qualification with a with a mate at the time, and at the time it was three thousand pounds, so it was very expensive. It was a oh, six wow. week course. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I never had that. What you could do is pay it up monthly. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. Pay it monthly, mm. but we needed a guarantor for the payment, so someone to guarantee you're going to pay it back. It happened to be my mate who I was doing the course with, who mm. was you know one of those mates that. Tells a lot of porkies and a very unreliable mate. So he he actually never came to the course. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I was two weeks in, loving it. You know, this new career. I was I was learning how to be a personal trainer, yeah. uh, and they just they just kept messaging saying, "Look, we need a guarantor for your payments." And I never had him in my family that could guarantee that amount of money. So I had to go back with my tail between my legs back to the supermarket, oh, having no. taken three weeks off on holiday and three weeks unpaid leave you know telling everybody in the supermarket i'm gonna make it i will not see you guys again that type of thing really um, not really? in a bad way not in a bad way but it was just huh. kind of like oh you know chris had dreams yeah yeah he had dreams like chris is doing this thing well done you deserve it you're young kind of thing and then back with, with my tail between my legs like couldn't you know couldn't that couldn't continue oh, wow. with the course so that probably, it probably looking back, it probably dead my confidence a lot because I, I then spent a, n- a number of years continuing to work in there. I've mm-hmm. always been quite driven, so for me, I was just, I was just like, right, okay, this is the best I'm going to get here. So let's go to become a manager in here. Let's let's take over this place. And as I got promoted and in, in that job, it was kind of like I realised that the face had to fit a lot. There's a lot of uh, inner politics, plus the fact that I was just like, is this really when I want to go with this? And believe it or not. The thing that made me go, I need to change, was just being a young guy who used to go out to nightclubs to speak to girls, and the idea of telling them that I worked in a supermarket, we used to make things up. We used to be, me and my mates would be like, yeah, you be a fireman this time, you know, you be a policeman this time, just to try and, and I said, I can't keep working in a supermarket, it's not cool, which sounds crazy. So you'd now. have to lie to girls. Yeah. Right, make, make up some fib into girls, yeah. you know. At the, yeah, at the, because it was about status, wasn't it, back then? It yeah. was about status. It's like, it still you drive is. A, okay. Yeah, it still is. It was like, do you drive a car? You know, where do you yeah. work? That's the first thing girls would ask you is like, what yeah. do you work as? You know? Women, um, want a, women want a guy who's going somewhere, you know? Yeah, 
And that was a driving force, I think, looking back. Obviously, unhappiness and stuff. And then, I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's just funny. I mean, the things a man will do for a woman and, and what we do in life with our work and what we buy. And, you know, we do everything to kind of impress chicks. Yeah. And whether you admit it or not, like, you'll just get an ego and you're not admitting it. Yeah, there so, you go. What yeah. got you into fitness? What got me into fitness was I always loved playing football. I was always kind of fit, you know, there's a, lot, a couple of guys that when you when you get a ball at your feet or for you know your hands for basketball, whatever you know when you just take to a sport. There's some people in school and stuff that just take the sport. I just took to a sport very mm. easily. I was always kind of one of the higher higher in the groups, and it came to any sport we we played in 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 school. And then that carried over. I first tried the gym. I went to it, and I thought I like this, and I was kind of strong, a bit stronger than average. And that that allowed me just to kind of continue going to the gym. Mm -hmm. So went in the gym for a few a few years, and I'd sit in gyms looking about, and I'd see personal trainers walking about with tubs of food, and you know, walking with their joggies on and their trousers and hoodies on. And I was like, I have to wear a uniform in a supermarket, you know. <laughs> so that's them. And then I was like, I want to be a personal trainer. I think that's the thing for me. And I looked it up and I realized that you could, the, the barrier of entry is really low, let's be honest. But then mm -hmm. the difficult part is when you actually need to start a business and run it. Yeah. The running part. Yeah. The part that they don't realize they have to do. They thought they could just lift weights and get paid for it. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It's a business, not just, you know, lifting weights and helping people yeah. make a field game. Yeah. So now you have a book called fitness business mastery the book every fitness coach needs to read as soon as they can qualify or they qualify february 28th 2023 tell us about this book and what's inside of it the the book is really a compilation of about eight or nine years of of what i've learned and it's the book that i wish i had as soon as i qualified because when you qualify there is not a single unit or module on business when you qualify as a personal trainer Mm -hmm. so you go in there they teach you a bunch of stuff about you know the skeletal system nutritional pyramid stuff that you're never going to use in the real world so when you qualify you, you you're all prepared for what's to come you you love training you love people saying oh you should train me you look great you're doing things really well you know your stuff so then you get qualified and you, and you step out of the big bad world and you're like i don't actually know what to do a client says hey can you train me and you go yes yeah, sure and they show up on the day and you're like what do I do? How do I send them things? How do I screen them? How do I, you know, what do I do with these people? So yeah. really there's a big, big 90% of coaches won't be coaching after three months. Eh, sorry, three years. Oh, really? 90% won't be coaching after three years. It's just such wow. a hard job to get into. And what's funny is the, the job's changed my life, but I wouldn't recommend it to a lot of people. It's crazy mm -hmm. to say that. So for me, it was about, okay, what book did I need as soon as I walked out that door and qualified? And that's the book that I wrote because there's there's nothing out there. Certainly in the modern day, there's nothing there. Everything on Amazon for fitness businesses is all, again, just talking about exercise, physiology, and nutrition. It's nothing about running a business. So that's why I wrote it. There you go. There you go. So so people can read your book if they want and they can get kind of familiar. The the business end of it, it's kind of funny. There's, there's so many people think getting in business or certain aspects are easy. And I think maybe, you know, people get into different things because they, f they think it's a low bar. So we see a high failure rate like in podcasts. 80% uh, mm -hmm. of podcasts fail by episode seven. The 20% that survive. The... It, 
80% of that 20% will fail by episode 20. And so, you know, I meet so many people, like, I'm going to do a podcast like you. And I'm like, what do you, you know, so what's your pitch? And they're, they'll tell me and I'll be like, you have an episode for an hour, yeah. maybe yeah. you don't have a podcast, you know, you have an episode. And so it's a really low bar because I guess, I guess you can go get 20 bucks worth of equipment and you know, you can even talk on your phone if you want, you can get on different things. We see a high failure rate with that. I, you made me realize that in businesses where there's no inventory really other than sweat equity and it, it, you know, there's a high failure rate. So like for your business, you know, fitness is, basically sweat equity you're selling knowledge as opposed to any sort of inventoryable item other than your yourself and your body your brain but that, that's interesting there's a high failure rate in that business and it's probably yeah. because people just can't get the business part of it down yeah that's exactly that yes yes podcasting they just they just find the business part is you got to find something to talk about yeah <laughs> and some people just aren't aren't good at it the in fact it's interesting how many of them keep going when they're just really bad at it i we get pitched hundreds of of offers to come on the show every month and i so i see a lot of video and i'm just like please just quit and go get your day job like it's yeah your sound is awful your delivery is awful your voice is awful in fact i see some people on top media that have awful voices and i just want to call them and be like can you get your voice fixed anyway so <laughs> how do you you know your big premise is focusing on what you call mrr which is that which is making the monthly revenue or i'm sorry monthly recurring revenue and uh, and so is that the real difference that separates the people that make it on the long-term success and the high failure rate that you referenced yeah because the biggest failure rate really is is not being able to keep get clients and keep clients so you know that volatility that leads to you running a business is enough for you to be stressed out and go i can't do this anymore i want a stable job mm -hmm. in other words a stable income from an employer so the reason that they they're driven out of the industry is of course there's attraction, there's a marketing that needs fixed and stuff, but what it boils down to is they they aren't confident where their next income's coming from. So recurring revenue, like no income is is guaranteed, let's face it. You know, you could have the, the most airtight contract in the world, but someone could cancel from their bank, they could just not pay you. But what we can do is we can at least build a business around making sure that you predictably as close to predictable as possible are going to get paid and how you do that is just by prioritizing client lifetime value prioritizing the relationship over the transaction mm -hmm. so as soon as the client signs up it's okay how can we create future for this client how can we create excitement because at the end of the day a client who's excited will show up and play when they play they get results and that's that's the key is once they get results they're going to be with you for a long time and i think that the way that the fitness industry shaped up is, okay, let's get you dropping 20 pounds in, you know, 20, 20 weeks. And it's very front end centered. And then what happens is even if a PT or a coach does his job or her job, it's like the client high fives him and says, thanks very much for your help. That's me. You got to where I need to get to. See you later. <laughs> and I'm not saying we keep clients against their will, but at the end of the day, once a client's had a physical goal or a transformation, there's still a lot more to go. And your coaching should be more comprehensive than just lose some weight and get on the scale. Yeah. So, you know, so when you build monthly recurrent, your business on monthly recurring revenue, we are sales focused as well because that's an element of it. But if you can imagine that your business is built on 90% because you can do the numbers, like people can cancel, of course, but if you can do the numbers accurately over a period of time, 
then you know that you only need so much sales every month because your recurring is so strong. And then guess what? Because of that so strong, you can get actually quite aggressive with sales or you can get aggressive with expansion because you go, right, mm-hmm. for the last two years, I can I can comfortably say that our retention rate is 90%. So see this member of staff that I'm looking to hire, it's not really a risk because I can, I've been getting recurring revenue now and I've got a retention rate of 80% plus. Oh, wow. So, so you can make those moves a lot more comfortably. Whereas if you're sales orientated, you're thinking, okay, we need six sales per month. Then one, you're only focusing on, if you imagine a house, you're only focusing on the garden. It's people mm-hmm. leaving out your back door. <laughs> people, so like, I love your analogy there. Yeah, shut the back door and then, the then we can door. work on Yeah, and then cut your grass and look after the house inside. But you know, first things first, make your house presentable, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Shut the back door and then you can work on the garden. Whereas everybody's out there with the biggest sign ever in the garden saying, Come on in here, this is amazing business and I can get all you these all results. And it's there's just people leaving out the back door and it's just and it's because today's world is teaching you how to sell and always be better at sales and there's all these sales sharks out there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. When you know, predictable revenue is always the way forward for me. And I think when when I look when I did market research on personal trainers, and I think this applies to a lot of business owners, what they really want is, you know, to buy a house, start a family, buy a bigger house, eh, travel abroad, go on holiday without worrying. And that's and that's what I positioned. Okay, so what's the most stable way for you to feel safe in doing that? It's recurring revenue. Yeah. There you go. Recurring revenue is so important. I mean, you know, some of our favorite, we, we had a courier company early on. And so we, you know, every month we'd have to, you know, bill them and do deliveries and stuff. And that was like really our thing. And then one of the, one of the, it was, it was a great business for 13 years. It just ran itself almost. I mean, it, we had to do the work, but you know, the billing and the clients just stay with you. And, and because we provided such a great service, a few people, a few of our competitors even kind of understood the innovative sort of nature we had and they could compete. And then we owned a mortgage company. And the thing that used to just make me mental about the mortgage company was, you know, you, you do business with the client. They love you. You have great experience. You make some friends and they, and, but, you know, you don't hear from two or three years because, you know, they're, unless they're an investor, they're not going to be refinancing or buying a new home anytime soon. So about, you know, every two or three, five years, you might hear from them. And so I used to hate it because, you know, you lose track of them. Then, you know, later you might hear they went to another company if they didn't come back to you and they just forgot about you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, God, I really love our courier business because it's just that monthly over revenue. You can count on it. The customer's there every month. We're service them every day. You know, it, it makes it makes all the difference in the world where, you know, this other business, it's like a one-off. And I hated yeah. it because, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I like building relationships with customers. I like having mm-hmm. customers and making them happy long-term. And so, you know, with certain businesses, you know, I, the car business is the same way. You know, you sell a car to somebody, you have a better chance probably of getting some return business from it sooner than a mortgage. But the, even then it's still kind of a, you know, see you in a year or two. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's hard, you know, you try to follow up with them. You try and catch them at that moment that they're going to buy again trying to get it back and and it can be it can be challenging especially in today's world where they have so much media hitting it from so many different sides now one thing i see on your website is you call yourself you call these folks upgraded coaches how to become an upgraded coach and i see in the in the video that we have you have the upgraded coach in leds there behind you tell us what that means specifically 
Yeah, so the, the name of the company is The Upgraded Coach. And with any name of a business, it's just it's just a name, isn't it? It's like Starbucks. You, you start, what does Starbucks even mean? What does the logo mean? Is it like a mermaid or is it Statue of Liberty? Who knows what it is, but it's what it becomes. You know, Yeah, exactly. Who cares? It's what it becomes and the message it becomes. So when we started Upgraded Coach, it was about just, okay, let's improve their business. And then it was probably about seven months ago, I was like, right, I really took a deep dive all the best work happens on a plane because you're not distracted. So I was sitting on a plane and I was I was brainstorming what's the unique selling point here because there's other people in my space who have been doing this, you know, seven, eight years longer. So it was really about how can I stand out? How can we build something that people actually want and truly want? And that's where I did the brainstorming when it came to stable, you know, money I get versus the contrast of let's scale your business. It's like most people don't want to do that until they're at a certain point. The word scale doesn't even associate with them, especially yeah, if you space. can't. If you don't have a business model, you can't get off the ground. It's exactly. No point to scale. You got to get the widget down first. Yeah. And I, I used to yeah. just jump on the rest of the bandwagon of let's say scale and fast track. And it's no, no, let's set build the foundations first. And so we, we, we kind of come up with monthly recurring revenue. And what we wanted to be, to be honest, is a category king. So we want to be at the category king when it comes to people in the health and fitness space. So we help personal trainers, online coaches and gym owners, but we want to, we want to kind of, once we've earned the right to become kings in that category is to start look at, you know, other kind of health club owners and other, you know, maybe physiotherapists, maybe massage therapists and things like that to broaden the niche a little bit. So, and then it's the upgraded coach. And then that's when we became kings of MRR. So our big thing is, you know, you come to us if you want to build your monthly recurring revenue. And I go back to your point there about your example with other businesses, like, it still baffles me when I come. I see other businesses and they don't have a recurring element. I'll yeah. give you a perfect example. The most easiest, lowest hanging fruit is the barber. Like, what? Wh- you know, why is the barber not got some sort of, you know, recurring revenue with every cl- every customer? I know yeah. they get busy, but they're busy fools a lot of the time, aren't they? Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me. Like, half the time they don't have business cards. You know, if I meet a good one that does a really good job, I have a like a catalog on the side of my head that's that takes a certain amount of of like, cutting right. And I mm. I found one gal one time at a at a place that she she actually meticulously takes the time every time I go to do it. But she didn't have a business card. I had to write down her name, and then I forgot it for a while. And then I I I kept trying to I, I kept calling the clips place, and I'm like, hey, who's that gal who cut my hair last time? And you know, and so, you know, there's no, you know, they don't have business cards for them. They don't have, you know, some sort of reoccurring thing. You know, they just have a tickle file that says, hey, you know, you saw Barbara on the second this month. It's been a month. Do you need a haircut? Hey, mm-hmm. you know, there's no follow-up at all for reoccurring. You make yeah. a great point. Yeah. I mean, and think about the upsells and stuff like that as well. When you've built those relationships, like it just takes up, you know, how especially guys were very pernickety with when it comes to their hair like you said you've got a certain you, you bit of your hair there's nothing mm-hmm. more when you when you get you could get a haircut for three years off this person and if you get a bad haircut before a big event you're off to the next place oh yeah you know whereas yeah. if you've built a relationship up and you can speak to that person openly by the way you mess my hair up and you go look really sorry next one's on me yeah you know the the funny thing is too is is i i i really want to have a good job done. And I, I don't know what it is with these haircut people. I need to write a book or I don't know, have a course on something that says, stop asking me what clips you should use. So I don't know if you get this in the UK, but over here in America, when we go in, 
they they kind of keep like the clippers we use or the length they cut or something like that the number five or whatever that is it's some sort of clipper size you know for cutting your hair and i don't know what is every time i go in to get my hair cut i'm like hey i just want to trim down and like do you want a number five and they're speaking to me in their business industry yeah. lingo. Their language, yeah. I don't know what a number fucking five is. <laughs> I, you know, I have my hair cut. Kind of like, I don't know what a four is. I don't, I don't have any clue. Like, why are you talking to me? You know, that's, I, I don't know, uh, me asking people, I don't know, the technical specs of their mic when they come on the show or some shit. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, I don't know. It just sounds good, man. What the fuck? <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, it's one of those terminology things where companies... You know, a lot of big companies do this. They get screwed up in talking their customers to the technical aspects of their business lingo or moniker. And customers are just like, I don't I don't know what, you know, a semiconductor is. I just want my PlayStation to work right, right? And uh, so, you know, so I get that. But, yeah, it's, you're interested. There's a lot of industries that seem to have this failure of, of reoccurring revenue and, and thinking long term and i know that you know like for example for i think for people in the gym business don't they don't they have to pay like a fee or something to the the gym to operate or you know use their space yeah 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 there's a few few different models you can rent a space out uh, for a flat rate or you can do shifts in exchange of that flat rate so you could maybe do three twelve three six hour shifts Okay, um, and then that way you get to take classes. So you get access to the members, help them, uh, and so both 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 sides are, are beneficial. Just depending where you're at in your journey. If you rent for the gym, it means that they leave you alone. You can now just train mm -hmm. your clients, but of course you don't get the access to the members. Mm -hmm. And if you do classes, that you have to do stuff for them. You're tied mm -hmm. down. You can't make that money. However, you mm -hmm. can access members and build up your experience and build up your clientele. Mm -hmm. Those are important too, as well. But you know, where where these people pay for you know at, to have access, you're paying you know like for we're just using a haircut thing as an example. I'm sure there's many other businesses that are similar. But you know, when you're paying for a booth, you know you want to build your business, you want to build your rep. I mean, I've back in the old days, they don't I don't seem to have this with the great clips people. Back in the old days, I had you know if a if somebody who left a business, they would they would call me up at the new business. They'd take my name and number and they'd have it and they'd call me up. In fact, I recently I was seeing someone, I was trying to grow out a, a major beard there for a while and wanted to see what I thought of it and then I got over it. <laughs> but I was going to, you know, a beard specialist sort of barber, you know, and, uh, you know, he was really smart. He took my numbers and tracked my data. And so when he moved to a new shop recently, I got a ping from him that, hey, I'm over this new shop. But yeah, a lot of people need to do that, man. I mean, yeah. you've got to think long term. You've got to hand out business cards and keep numbers and and keep keep records. You know the the people that you know. I, I remember when I was growing up, I did the car business for a year, and I kind of sidewinded into it from car leasing, and then ended up on a showroom floor for a year. And the guy who made all the money, who was the top salesman in the office, was a guy who was forty years old. And, or he'd been doing it for 40 years, I think. He was pretty old. But he kept a tickler file of all of his clients. He had their numbers, he had their everything. And he would call them, bug them, ask them for referrals, constantly call them. He was this delightful, warm old old man. And, and you could tell he just, he babied his clients everywhere he went. And so he, he, so he would just have 
you know, after 40 years or 20 years or whatever I was in the business, he would just have all these people coming in and asking him for him all day long. Mm -hmm. And that was because he, you know, he'd set up a reoccurring sort of thing with his clients to do the thing. So I see on your website, a lot of people holding up 3X and 2X awards and stuff. Tell us about what those are and the events you're doing there. Yeah, so we, we do an award event at the end of every year where we award our clients based on their performance. There's a couple of internal awards in the sense of, you know, most contributor because we value community. It's one of our main mm -hmm. pillars and mm -hmm. we award clients who have just been really good contributors. If you're doing something really well and you share it in the community, then mm -hmm. you get rewarded. And <laughs> the main thing we do with our offer is that we guarantee to double 2x our coaches monthly recurring revenue from when they join oh, wow. so yeah so we that's our kind of north star to, to make sure we're accountable to them to, to hold them to that you know mm -hmm. not everybody's just in it to make more money but it's certainly a metric you know we're a business coaching program to to do that and you know there's getting time back to spend with your family you know working more efficiently all that great stuff but at the end of the day it's we need to 2x your mrr because if you want to start a family it needs you need money for that yeah. stability if you need want money. to go on holiday you need money so it's like mm -hmm. 2x 3x 4x and we've given out 5x awards as well and nice. we do that at the, at the end every year i see a few 4x's on your instagram feed here yeah 4x's that's the that's the holy grail and then we've got a higher tier of clients as well where you know they, they could have started with us at 2k and they're up at 20k and Let's just say I'm not going out and making 10x awards. So we moved up to our next bracket for them, where it's just you know end of year total total revenue for for the, for the full year where we, we switch to that. There you go. There you go. So what have we covered that we should need to talk about in talking about your business and what you do? What have we talked about? I guess just the the way we run things. Like we, mm -hmm. if, if I think about. The way we focus on monthly recurring revenue, I think anybody listening and watching this could find an element where they could plug into their business. So I think excitement is one of those ones like when we give our clients excitement because and it's not shiny objects, here's a new thing. It's excitement's number one because at the end of the day, working with someone has to be fun, has to be an element of excitement there. And I'm not saying make things up for the sake of it, but certainly read the room read your client's struggles, read what they want and provide that. So whether that be, you know, client events, whether that be getting the community together on a regular basis for fun activities as well as productive activities. I think post COVID there's so many business owners just scared to go back down and, and meet their client at the level they're at. You know, everybody wants a scalable model these days. So for us, we are going big next year on, creating client excitement and in-person and, and events because we, we surveyed them anonymously and we found that that's what they love the most. Now, I like to, I've got a place in Spain, we like to travel as well, but we, we planned out a full year and mapped in when we're going to see them. So, you know, event every quarter, every three months, but in between that, we try and have a mini meetup as well. And there is no other coaching program in our space doing that because why? Because it hurts profitability. But again, what they're doing is they're putting transaction over relationships. Mm. So I think I think that could be you know used in any business. Obviously, you've got your sales, your profitability, retention should be a big focus. But I would say excitement and ascension has been a game changer for us as well. You know, we've got clients who, first of all, they buy the book, 
they, you know, just in the industry, they get the book. Chris, I'm finished the book. What will I do next? Well, I think your your our entry level program where you get accountability and support to implement strategies from the book. I think you should come in here. Then once you get to ten clients or three thousand pound a month, I think you should come up to our main flagship program. And mm-hmm. it's that it's that customer transformational journey that that comes. And we talk about making more money from a client and lifetime value. You ascend them through your tiers in your program. Mm-hmm. There you go. So it sounds like quite the onboarding process that you have where you put people through it. Give people the final pitch out as we go out to onboard with you, how they can reach out, how they can get aware of your services and stuff. Yeah, so theupgradedcoach.co.uk to find what we're running. We've got a massive event in January the 12th. We're looking at oh, really? 200. Yeah, yeah, January the 12th. We're looking at getting 200 coaches in the one room to just, yeah, get plans for 2024. One of our biggest missions this next year is to stop personal trainers and online coaches becoming NPCs, not like non-player characters. Okay. I think next year with AI and stuff like that, it's the year of authenticity and just actually being a human being again and not just saying a lot of drivel and a lot of made-up stuff that you've heard. Just actually being yourself, man, and, and leaning, leaning into that because while you might not have the strategy, you might not have the business know-how, if you show up and be yourself and it works, that's a scalable model is being yourself because you're just doing more of put more of you out there. So yeah, uk. you can find me on Instagram, the coach's mentor. And yeah, it's been been a pleasure, mate. There you go. Give me give me that a little bit slower if you could, because you broke a little bit in the middle of it. And give me yep. that. Yep, it's the upgraded coach.co.uk. Okay. And the then, upgraded coach.co.uk, correct? That's the one. And then Instagram is the coach's mentor. There you go. And there's a lot of uh, testimonials on your site too, I see here. Yes. So there you go. People can check that out. Reach out to you and, and see if you're fit. So thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been really fun, exciting to talk to you and uh, interesting stuff. And hopefully we've given some people some some motivation to get on the right track. Love it, man. Yeah. Just go and look at your business and see where you can make it recurring. There you go. Thank you very much, Chris. And thanks for... Thank you. And thanks for us for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, Chris Voss One on the Tickety Talkity, and Chris Voss Facebook.com. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.